0: Mm. Hello to all our listeners. Today we will be studying the al and Arudin Um I'll give a quick introduction to the chapter, just as to keep us on track. So, so far, the Halakhot we were dealing with, we're dealing with the laws of Eruv in one Haser that has many tents, many residents. In the following chapter, we will see the laws regarding the Eruv of two or more Haserot. In short, the following chapter deals with the connections between more than one haserot and their intermingling. Our chapter is divided into seven main sections. The first one, the first nine halachot of the chapter, deal with the connection of more than one haserot. When do we consider the haserot to be connected, making the eruv with both of them a requirement? When do we consider them to be disconnected, making an arub between the two haserot an impossibility? And when do we consider the two haserot to be connected, but in a way leaving the residents of the haser haser, with an option to do a joint arub if they so please? Second part of the chapter is the laws of a break in between two haserot, either in a wall or in the ground. Uh, In a wall. The third part of the chapter deals with the laws of a crack in between two haserot, in the ground. The fourth part deals with the laws of a joint wall in between two chaserot. The fifth part deals with the performing of an eruv in between roofs and ka'pifot. Now what is a kapif? This is very important to... This is a term that is important to remember. I will re-explain it when we reach it, but it is important to remember to understand in order to understand our chapter. A kapif is an area which according to scriptural law is considered to be an, a private domain. However, a carpeth is an area that was walled in order to be a place in which people do not, re, not in order to be a place in which people regularly reside in. So that, it's a place like that, so from scripturally it's a private domain. However, because it was not walled for people to regularly, regularly reside in it, therefore the sages prohibited carrying in it if it was more than the size of a bit Satain five thousand squared amot. Seventh, sixth part of the chapter will be laws of a separating wall that is placed in a uh, in a well of water or well of water a uh, well of water in the ground. And the seventh and last final part of our chapter will be the separating walls and pathways that were ruined on Shabbat. So let's get right into it. Halakha Halon A window that was in between two chaserot. So we're talking about a window that is in between two chaserot, that are um, um, uh, very close one to another. If the window is four by four in width and length, or more, and the window was within 10 of the ground, whether part of the window was within 10 or the whole window was within T'fahim, does not matter. So, within 10 T'fahim of the ground, is what I meant. So, within 10 of the ground, that's what I meant. In such a situation where the connection between two haserot is with a window or some sort of opening which is, ten, which is within tent of the ground, the option is of the residents of the haser, whether or not uh, based on their own um, pre- they, pre- preference. They, if they prefer to do an idol. they may do an idol between both haserot and if not, they do not have to. <laughs> If the halon, if the window, of the opening, connecting the two Aruvim was less wide than 4x4 four tefahim, four, or it was higher than 10 tefahim above the ground, then in that case, it is prohibited, it is impossible for those two hasirot to do a joint Aruv in between them. Hala I'll the going to specify. the halon, when the case of a window connecting two places for eruv is specifically with the window that is in between two hasero, two courtyards. However, a window that was in between two houses, even if it was above 10th of Fahim, it is still valid to allow both of the houses to be to be mi'urabim together. The reason it is mutar to do an alub between two houses, even if the connecting window is above Tante is because there's a rule that says, Bita keman male A house is as though it was filled up. So even though the window is above Tante we see it as though the window itself is no higher in Tante because it's as though the house was filled up with objects, therefore making it that the ground of the house is insignificant and the tenth of a height rule does not apply in the house. And also, an opening between a house that is privately owned by one person and the floor above it is also owned by a different person when it is, uh, is owned by a different person when it is under a different ownership and is inhabited by somebody else, right? For instance, in a case in which the house has another floor above it under someone else's ownership, you like an addict of sorts, you would have thought that maybe perhaps you would need some kind of ladder connecting the two floors. But the answer is that no, you do not. And this is all in condition that the window splitting between the top residence and the bottom residence is at least four by four Tafahim squared, or is a circle which could contain within it a four by four Tafahim square, as we previously explained in previous chapters. And I'm reading in the Hebrew, Hebrew, أي حالون على يشبك A wall that is <laughs> in between two haserot, or a pile of hay which is <laughs> in between two haserot. واحد معربين so a wall that is in between two haserot or a pile of hay which is in between two haserot if they're less than 10 tall, then the residents of the hased are obligated to do a joint obligated to do a joint for both of the Haserot. And if they were taller than 10 tifahim, these wall, the wall or the hay, the pile of hay, then they are allowed to do a separate to do only a separate aru. They may not do a joint aru. However, if in between the two hasirot there was a ladder, okay one moment. <laughs> if if So uh, if there was a um, between the two hasirot, there was a ladder from each side of the wall or pile of hay, then it is considered. As though there is some sort of opening between the two haserot, allowing the residents of the Hasarot to have an option whether or not to do a joint eruv or to do a separate eruv. The halakha permits that even if the ladder is just high enough to be within three katahim from the other ladder, even if it has reached this height, even if this height is reached while being leaned, while the ladder is being leaned flat against the wall, which is not the natural way in which people usually go up a ladder. Usually, the ladder is a little bit tilted right, in order to go up it, and if we tilt it, maybe it won't reach the within the three tefahim of the other ladder, because it will be a little lower. It is still considered a sufficient pathway between the two haserot, and will be a pathway which allows us to do an eruv between the two haserot. And again, this is even though the ladder reached within three tefahim of the other ladder by leaning flat, and not by being tilted, as naturally with ladders, usually you need a ladder to be tilted. <clears throat> If the wall that the ladders were leaning on was four thick, so you have a wall that's four thick, and there were ladders from each side, there is an option for the residents of the Haser to do a joint eruv if they want to. Or a separate area if they want to, as long as each of the ladders reach the top of the side of the wall that they are leaning on. And this is only if the wall's thickness is at least four tefahim, in which case it is like we consider it like a balcony in between two haserot. However, However, if the wall is less than four tafahim thick, then the distance between the ladders has to be at most three tafahim. Otherwise, there's no permission to make an aruv in between the two haserot. So that's an important halakha. Halakha, hey. Banna if there are two shelves, or ledges of sorts, that were built on a wall, okay, built on a wall, in other words, coming out, protruding out of a wall, and one was above the other, if the bottom one, if the bottom ledge, it's four tefahim by four tefahim wide, and, um, lengthwise and widthwise. Then the bottom of the wall is counted to have started from the bottom shelf. If the shelf or ledge, however, is not four by four tefahim, and there is less than three tefahim in between the two shelves, then it, is, it also shortens the overall height of the wall to be considered to start from the bottom shelf. So if from the bottom shelf to the top of the wall, for example, you would have four tefahim, there's seven tefahim, then it would be considered that the wall is seven tefahim. Even if below the bottom shelf, there is another eight tefahim. Even if really the whole wall is like 15 tefahim, doesn't matter. We stuck on the bottom shelf. In both of these cases, they have the option of making a joint ayruv and the option of making a separate ayruv. And this is the law as well with the staircase that's base is at least four by four tefahim and there's less than three tefahim between each stair. Okay? Because then it becomes like ledges that are one on top of the other. This is Yoseb M. So we have a wall separating between two haserot, that is more than 10 tephahim high, and the wall has some sort of protrusion of sorts coming out of it from the middle of the wall. So, if from the protrusion and until the top of the wall there is less than 10 tifahim, then it is permitted to put a ladder that leads up to the protrusion, which would then cause the wall to be considered less than 10 high. Therefore, giving us the option of making an aloof between the between both the haserot and joint aloof or um, non-joint aloof. However, if the ladder was put to either side of the protrusion, then it does not consider the wall to be shorter than it is. Okay, and this is a little bit of a different case. So if the wall was 19 tefahim high in its entire height, then a protrusion can be put in the middle of the wall, one protrusion will be enough, in order to be sufficient to allow the option of a joint airuv in between the two haserot, of course, we're using the hasera, And this is because, using a ladder. And this is because in between the protrusion to the floor, there's less than, nine, there's less than 10 tefahim. And also from the protrusion... To the top of the wall there's also less than 10 behind therefore it is as though the wall itself is less than 10 tfahim. if now we have another halakha another halakha a little different if the kotel if the wall aya kotel gabaha 20 tafah 20 tafah sarikh shenez zin ze shelo kenegat ze atchi hiya ben hazizah tahton u ben hazizah aliyon u ben rosh kotel pachot ma'asara u arabin had im rasu so and if, if the wall was 20 tifahim high, then it could be made to accommodate one joint, only if two protrusions are put in place, not directly one on top of the other, in a manner in which from the bottom protrusion to the bottom of the wall, there's less than 10 tifahim, and from the top protrusion until the top of the wall, there's less than 10 tifahim, and in between the two protrusions, there's less than three tifahim, and the ladder is put until the bottom protrusion. al <laughs> khazan these are very technical halakhot, and explain them in as a concise manner as possible. And if anybody needs to listen again, of course, it is always, they can always listen to the recording and go back and listen again to the halakhot. dekel Dekil shechatakho. Vusamakho al rosh haqotel ve'al ha'aris. Me'arabine hadim rasu. Ve'enu sarikh likobo'o be'vinyan. Ve'kena sula. kobdo kobo'o. Ve'enu sarikh l'habbaro'o. A palm tree that was chopped and leaned against the wall, or any tree. Okay? So it was chopped and leaned against the wall as a sort of ladder or or stepping, way to step go up the wall. And the tree was from the top of the wall and leaning to the ground. It was going from top of the wall to the ground. It may be used, in this case, accommodate the wall to allow a joint ayruv, thus making it optional for the two Arubin or one joint Arub. Okay, now the tree does not need to be connected to the. This is big hadush. The tree itself does not need to be connected to the structure that it's leaning on, to the wall that it's leaning on. This is because the weight of the tree itself considers it to be heavy enough to be considered uh, set in place. Also, with the ladder, its weight is what considers it to make the wall valid to be considered as though it has an entrance, even though it isn't connected to the wall itself. Um, technically speaking, because the weight of the ladder has it as though it's planted to the ground. Now. هيو مبدلين مكان مكان ان عربين واحد شارئين كفريق لفيش ان له This is a little bit of a different case. If there was a large pile of hay that was taller than ten tefahim and there was a ladder from each side, from each side, no joint ayruv could be placed in this case. Why? Because the ladder, and and they have to do a separate ayruv. Why? Because the ladder, in its position, leaning on the hay, does not permit anyone to climb on it. Because the hay is not sufficiently stable, to allow people to use a ladder to lean on it. However, if there was one ladder in between hay from either side, there was hay leaning on the ladder, keeping the ladder stable, set in place, and the ladder is stable enough to allow people to climb it, then in that case, an aruf can, optionally, be placed between the two, a joint aruf could be placed, or a separate aruf based on their preference, as we said previously. Haya ilan kotel. So if there was a tree, okay, a tree that was in the ground that was leaning on a wall, and he made the tree into a ladder to go up the wall. In this case, if they want to, they made an Aru um between these two walls, these two Haserot, with the tree used as the ladder, and this is because the isur of going up a tree on Shabbat is only a isur derabanan. It's only a, 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 a isur from the sages. And the guiding rule for this alakha is that the derabanan prohibitions are usually not placed one on top of the other. So in our case, for example, climbing the tree on Shabbat is a derabanan prohibition. So really from scriptural law, the pathway using the tree is a valid pathway if it wasn't for the prohibition placed by the sages. And because the obligation for the arub is, is one also placed and formulated by the sages, right, the obligation for Aruv itself, they were less stringent and didn't make, place a prohibition, a banan um, prohibition on top of a banan prohibition. However, asherah is a tree used for idol worship. It's like an idol of sorts that they worship um, the, to, to connect to the star, astarte, okay? This is a suh to go on, this is prohibited to climb, not from the Rabbanan, but rather from scriptural law. Because is Abu Dazara. In this case, It is There's no permission to even enjoy any part of the, the Asherah, and therefore, it is not permitted to use it as an arub, um, even though regular trees may be used as an arub, even though it is not permitted to go on a tree on Shabbat, to climb on a tree on Shabbat, because, we, as I previously said, we do not place Prohibition of the sages on top of a prohibition on the sages. In gozerin gezerah like This is in most cases. There are some cases which are you see imunakol which come out of this which do not fall under this some um, uh, this uh, this kelal. But in most cases, it is like this. They're not so stringent. Halachatet <laughs> kotel shigabuha asara uva lema apokid le'arabim ruvi had imish be'orich mi'outar ba'at el fahim mi'arabim nihad. So a wall that was at least four by four tefahim in width and was above ten tefahim tall. And an individual wanted to be able to have the option to do an aruf between both of the haserot, the joint aruf. If he broke the wall, in a way making some kind of deck on the um, remaining part of the wall, on the, okay, that is four tefahim in width and, does not, and leaves from the the floor of the deck, to the top of the wall, less than 10 fahim he may have the option, he may have the option in this case, as long as, of course, it's four Fahim in width and there's less than 10 fahim from the, uh, the floor of the deck to the top of the wall, he may have the option in this case to place an iruv in between both of the walls, as long as from the deck until the top of the wall again, there's less than 10 tefahim. However, um, if somebody, if the width of the deck was less than 4 tefahim, then there's no option to place, uh, there's no option in place, for, there's no place, or place for an optional iruv, but rather, they must do a separate iruv for each one of the haserot. And the parts in the, the part that was broken is considered part of the haser that it was um, next to, and the rest of the wall is considered as a separator between the two haserot. In the following two halachot, so Yod and Yod Aleph, we will see the law regarding a break in between a wall splitting two haserot. So let's get into it. A wall that was above Tantafahim, that had a break lengthwise, forming an opening in the wall, a widthwise opening in the wall. If the opening was less than 10 tafahim wide, then it is considered an opening thus making a joint item between the haserot optional. However, if it was wider than 10 amot, mehilah the width, I was talking about 10 amot, so if it was um, less than 10 amot wide, then it is considered an opening that was um, an opening thus allowing it to be a joint eruv made between the hasarat however if the if, if the opening was wider than 10 amot the break was wider than 10 amot then it is no more considered an opening and makes it mandatory in this case to make an eruv between both of these hasarat so there's no option for the joint eruv but rather it's mandatory to have a joint eruv between the two hasirat if the break was less then I said, I said, I'm not wide. Now, let's say the break in between the walls was less than 10 Tafahim wide, and now they wanted it to be 10 Tafahim wide. So it's enough for them to make a crack in the wall that is less than, oh my gosh, let me repeat. The break in the wall was less than 10 amot wide, and they wanted it to be 10 amot wide. So they wanted to break more part of the wall. So it's enough for them to break a break that is less than 10 to high. Okay. And that is exactly 10 to Fahim high, even though it's not um, through lengthwise through the length of the whole wall, that less than 10 to Fahim high break in the wall, which makes it all which makes it in width 10 amot wide, allows the wall to be considered a full opening, thus um uh making it mandatory to have an arrow al- with both of the Haserot, a joint eruh. Al- However, if there's a wall that he wants to break from the get-go that didn't have a crack in it, and he wants to break it, make a big opening, ten amot more than ten amot opening, then he must do this um in a way that it that which allows him to walk in while standing fully and not tentifahing, which is like about eighty centimeters, which is a very Low, it's, it's just the lowest amount that makes it considered an opening. No, you have to make an opening that you can go through um, properly. So in the following three halakhot, and we'll see the law of a crack in the floor in between two haserot. So here we had, a, the past, there was a law and the crack in the wall. Now we have the laws of a crack in the floor. So haris haserot. A crack in between two haserot. Amok asara so if they had a crack in the floor in between two ara- Aruvim that was deep 10 tefahim and wide 4 by 4 tefahim or more in this case they make an Aruv between they make two separate Aruvim however if the lengths if the dimensions of this crack in the floor were in the, in the crack separating between the two Hassarat were less the aforementioned dimensions. In other words, they were less than 10 Tafahim length, 10 Tafahim in height, and 4 by 4 Fahim. In this case, they must, they have to, it is mandatory for them to do a joint Iruv, and they cannot do a separate Iruv. And they cannot do a separated Iruv for each one of the chaserot. Also, if he made the dimensions of this crack in the ground between the two Iruvim, um, smaller by adding dirt or stones into the pit, into the crack in between the haserot. Also, in this case, they must do a joint eruv as considers as though the crack was made smaller, thus connecting the two haserot, thus making them ma- thus making a joint eruv mandatory for them. Because when you put, and usually in most cases, when you put dirt or stones in a crack in, in the floor, it, so to speak, closes it off the area that the stones and uh, dirt were put on. However, if he filled the crack with hay or straw, it is, not, it is not considered as though they made the, the, the pits, that the pits dimensions smaller, and therefore, um, he still must do, a, in, in this case, he would do a separate iroof for each one of the haserot with the proper dimensions allowed. <laughs> Also, if an individual wanted to make this pit this pit's width less, the pit's width smaller, let's say the width was four tefahim by four tefahim, and he wanted to make it uh, less than four by four tefahim, thus making the two hasilat be considered connected, thus um, causing them to, have a, to make it mandatory for a joint arub. So he wants to make them width smaller by adding some sort of board, or sticks that he puts in to the lengthwise in the whole pit, then this is enough to make it considered one, to make the hasalot be considered connected. And anything that is allowed to be carried on Shabbat, like um, a, a basket or a cup, or some large cup, is not allowed to be used on Shabbat for this process. Unless this thing that is allowed to be carried on Shabbat is stuck into the ground in a a manner that is sufficient enough to keep it um, uh, planted in the ground. In the ground. So the guiding rule for this is that a placement lengthwise in a pit must be placed in a stable manner. However, if it's not placed in a stable manner, then it is not sufficient to consider the pit smaller than its previous dimensions, um, but rather it'll be considered as though the pit is containing the object. We won't make the pit's dimensions smaller. So if somebody put a board in the opening of the pit that was in between the two Hasirat and the board was four by four Fahim wide on top of the pit, okay? In this case, it holds a joint for the haserot, optional, because it could be, it could function either as a bridge or as an opening to the pit. Also, which are protrusions as well, so as well as the previous thing, two protrusions of sort that are coming out of the hasilat over a separating pit, if they were connected by a board, there's, this allows an option for doing a joint in between the two hasilat. However, if the protrusions that were above the pit were not directed one in front of the other, okay, they were a little bit, you know, one to the side of the other, so they weren't exactly facing each other, or one was higher than the other. If there was less than three tefahim from the protrusion, from one protrusion to the other, then they're as though they are connected. However, if there's more than three tefahim from one protrusion to the, from the protrusion, to pr- protrusion, then the two haserot have to do an eruv separately. Okay. Now the following three halachot will discuss a wall that is jointly used for two separate haserot that do not have an eruv placed in them. Or between them, like they do not have a joint for whatever reason, maybe. Halachat Etwav. Hayu zo besad zo. Ve'enam bechaveh el achat lemaala <laughs> mihabertam. Miyish benehem ba'chut mishalachat efahim. Alehem kis kich susterah achat. Ve'miyish benehem shalachat oyater mi'arabim illu le'asman ve'elu le'asman. Right, so I, I read this, I was using the Makbili edition, I read this in the previous halakha as halakha, um, part of halakha yod Now we are in halakha tetvah, according to the Makbili edition. So now in the following three halakha, we'll discuss um, a wall that's jointly used for the two separate hasirot that do not have an Aruf placed in between them. So, halakha tetvah. Right. Cot if rahab, the Kaka the Vitash Misho Elush So this Allah is discussing a case in which there are two Hasserot, one next to the other. But one of the Haserot is lower than um, lower by a few Tafahim below the, uh, is lower, is below the other one, okay? And there's a 10 Tafahim wall in between them that is connected. So it's lower than by at least 10 Tafahim below the other Hasir. One Hasir is below the other Hasir by at least 10 Tafahim. And there's a wall in between them that is connected to one of the Haserot. In other words, it's connected between the two Haserot. The upper hasir and up, the wall may be considered even as part of the floor to the upper Hasir. So the upper Haser, which has an easier usage of the wall is the one whose wall it will be considered that it is. Why? Because the usage for the upper hasir is easier. So imagine you have like, I'm trying, I, I'm um, trying to think of the best way to illustrate it. I mean, again, so I'll, I'll just say it again. You have two haserot, but they're not in level, in the same level. Their floors are in a different level. They are connected to each other, but they're not in the same level. Therefore, an ayuv cannot be placed in jointly in between them. Now, one, aruv, one, one haser is more than ten times higher than the other, a significant height. So the floor of one haser is more than ten times higher than the other. And then there's one below it. And there's a wall in between them, which reaches the bottom, the floor of the top haser. The top of the, the, top of the wall reaches the floor of the top haser. Therefore, making the wall much easier for use for the top haser than the bottom haser. Thus causing the top has to be the one whose wall it's considered it belongs to. In a case which they do not do in Iruk together, of course. Hadis, Amok Haserzo, La Shehu Shavelo, Also, right. So also, a pit of sorts, or like a crack in the ground between these two haserot, which is um, as the previous the dimensions we previously uh, described in ten tefahim in depth and four tefachim, uh, ten in depth and less, however, less than four by four tefahim, and it is equal to one of the uh, to the other haserot. Um, this haris, the floor of the haris, is equal to the floor of the bottom haser. In this case, we give the floor of the haris, the haris will be considered belongs to the people, the residents of the bottom haser, because it is easier for use for them than the people of the top haser who, have to, who would have to lo- lower things into that floor. <laughs> So now we have two haserot that are still the same two haserot, which is one is much higher than the other. And there's a wall in between them. However, the wall does not reach the floor of the top haserot. So the top of the wall does not reach the floor of the top haseb, Nor does it reach the bottom of the bottom haserot, the, the floor of the bottom haserot. It's in between, like a wall sitting. So for example, if the floor of the top haserot was raised ten tafahim above the ground and the wall was only five tafahim above the ground so the wall is sort of speaking between the two has the use for the wall so in this case of course the use of the wall would be for the people in the top haser they would have to lower things onto the wall in order to use it and the people in the bottom haser would have to throw things uh, uh, throw things in order to reach the top of the wall in this case, both residents of both haserot are not permitted to use this wall until they do an arub connecting them as one joint haser. <laughs> However, if they did not do an arub, they may not put things to the width of the wall, in other words, on top of the wall um, and take in from their haserot onto it or vice versa because it is not for comfortable, comfortable use for any of uh, the residents of any of the hashalot so if there were two houses which in between them two houses which of course are private domain which in between them there was a room of sorts that also was private domain, and none of them had access, had comfortable access to the to the to the ruin, and rather their only access to it was by throwing into it, and uh, and that's it. So in this case, they must do an ayruv in order to be able to have access to the hurba on Shabbat, or not be able to use the hurba on Shabbat. However, if the access to the hurba was comfortable for one of the owners of the houses, but not for the other, then the one who it is more comfortable for is the one who, who's allowed to use the Hurba and Shabbat because, as we said, the guiding rule for all of these halachot is he who has more comfort in the use of a wall or a pit or anything in between two domains, two haserot, two private domains. The one who is more comfortable, who the usage is more comfortable for, is the one who receives it as though it is his for Shabbat. If they do not do an idol in between them, joining them. Now, in the following three halakhot, we'll discuss the placing of an eruv for carrying from roofs in karpefot. So as explained in the introduction, a karpef is an area which, according to scriptural law, um, we consider to be the private domain, a private domain, a full-fledged private domain. However, if it was not walled in order to be placed, in order to be a place in which people regularly reside in, in this case, um, the sages prohibit people from carrying it as uh, and um if it was more than the size of five thousand square a mut. So So all of the roofs of the city, even roofs that are higher and lower than the other, with including in this all, and Haram will explain what, what, what I'm talking about now. It will be explained later. So all the roofs in the city, whether or not they're aligned, one with another height-wise. And all of the haserot in the city, as well as all of the karpefot, that were not um, uh, walled for dira. Including all of the wall widths in between the haserot. Including all of the alleyways leading to the haserot that have a lehi or Qur'an as described in the previous chapters All of these are considered to be one domain and they are permitted to carry from one to the other with no irub So I may carry from a roof to a haser to a karpeth to an alleyway with no irub on Shabbat Now this is an important specification that Harabam is making Objects that enter Shabbat in one of these four domains, okay? We have roofs, haserot, karpefot, and ovieketalim, and nevoot. Five domains. So an object that was there with the entrance of Shabbat. So only the kelim, the objects that you're carrying from these domains. To each other from these five domains, one into another, interchangeably, enter Chabbat inside these domains. However, if they enter Chabbat inside the private domain, inside the home, a home, uh, a domain in which people live, even though you're allowed to maybe take out from the house to the Haser because you made a roof, you're not. You wouldn't be allowed to take from the Haser to another Haser and to another Karpayet, etc., etc., etc. This would only be if the object rested enter Chabbat in that domain so in the cafe or in the roof. The object was in the roof during the entrance of Shabbat, now on Shabbat you may move it to another roof without an Eruv. Halachayotet. How? i is not going to specify. A object that entered Shabbat within the confines of the Haser. So whether or not the, the residents of the Haser did or not, it is permitted to take that object and bring it to the top of a roof or to the top of a wall. And from that roof to another roof, even if it was lower or higher than it, and from that roof to a different haser, even, and from that haser to a different roof of a different haser, and from that roof to an alleyway, from that alleyway to a fourth roof. And he may in this way move objects from house, from domain to domain, from these permitted domains, um, from roof to roof, from carpet to karpef, from haser to haser, interchangeably through the entire city. And this is all on condition that the objects rested Chaba in one of these in one of these interchangeable domains, and this is also on condition that he does not take it into the house from a different haser that it did not rest in. So, if, if my object, if I have an object that rested in my haser, I may take it even if I may take it from the haser into my house. However, so if I moved it to a different haser, I can't take it into the house of that haser. I may only move it to a diff- back to my haser, to a different haser, roof, or karpef. And, um, this I can move the things into houses only if an was, al was placed um, within the haser that I was moving, or within the confines pl- confines that I was moving in and out of. im babayit, lo Also, if the object entered Chabat when it was in the, in the house. And he took it out to the Haser. In other words, he was able to, because he had an arub between his house and the Haser, and the, the yard. He may take it out to his own Haser that he had an arub with, but he may not take it out if it rested him, if it entered Shabbat in in his house, in the confines of his house, he may not take it out to a different haser from his haser, etc., 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 the interchangeable domains, unless an eruv was placed um, connecting all of these domains together, or connecting the domains that he was moving in and out of others. For example, I have two haserot that we did Aru between. We did a joint eruv between them. So, and my object rested in my house on Shabbat. Now I took it out to my haser. In other words, it entered Shabbat in my house. Now, I took it from my house to the haser. Now, I may take it out to whatever haser I want to, but I may not put it into the houses of that haser, except the haser which I did a joint aluv with, in which I would be able to take my object into the haser and take from that haser into the house. However, if I bring it to a third haser that I didn't do a joint aluv with, for example, then I wouldn't be able to bring from that haser into the houses of that haser because I didn't do a joint aluv with it. And so on and so forth. Now, in the following halachot, we'll see the details regarding a separation in between two haserot, when the separation was put into a water storage pit or some sort of well, um, and it seems that we're not talking about a natural spring here, which is what we call a ma'im hayim. Halachah kaf'alif, bor haserot, a water source, a water storage area, a pit of water or a well of water, it is in between two haserot which are not jointly which do not have a joint aruf placed in between them. Because when you have two hasarat that have a joint aruf placed in between them, it is as though it is one hasir. So whenever he says two haserot, he's obviously referring to a hasarat that does not have a joint aruf. So again, a well that is in between two haserot. So a well that is in between two haserot is not permitted to take water from that well on Shabbat to the people of, the, of one haser and to their house, etc. Unless they put a wall in the well separating between the parts of the well. So the half of the well that will be for one haser, the other half for the other haser. So that every person will be distinctly taken from his reshut and not from the other person's haser. From his haser and not from the other person's haser. So the, the border needs to be made. And how and where do we put the mehissah? Ma if the mehisa was going to be above the water, if, in other words the separation in the well was going to be above, above the water, then the separation has to be protruding in, into the water one tefah down, one fistful down. However, if the separation was going to be put all down into the depth of the water, it has to have one tefah coming out of the water so that the separation of the parts of the well are noticeable, so the well is separated into two one side is for one haser, the other side is for the other haser respectively, and that way it would be permitted for the residents of the haser to take from the well into their haser and vice versa Halakha <laughs> al also, if they put on top of the well some sort of board that was four to wide in the middle of the well, as some sort of like a separation, of visible separation, making a border between the two sides of the well, they may each person may fill up from his side of the haser. Um, and even if the and even though the water is mixed from below that board, which is placed on top of the water, floating on top, nevertheless it does not matter because the separation is what matters. And hachamim were less stringent because it was a not a, this is not a scriptural law. We're talking about a law that the sages placed and enacted and formulated. A well which is in between in in the middle of a path which is splitting between two walls of two separate haserot Even though the well is more than four times far from the walls so I'll give an example imagine you have a pathway that is between two haserot, two walls of haserot and the pathway is 20 Tefahim wide, and there's a well in the middle. Do so you have more than four Tefahim from each wall to the well? Now, in Yil-Khachaba, we learned that if there's more than four from each wall to the well, it would be not permitted to fill up from the wall to the well unless you've made a protrusion coming into the wall. However, here, the case is not so. Um, and they may both fill up from the well um, through their walls. Unless, for example, they would have a window, and they would lower a, a bucket into the well, etc. Because, and, and they do not and really the, the whole point of the salakha is that you would think that maybe because they both have access to the well via their walls, via their windows um, by lowering their buckets into it, it would be not permitted for them to use it unless they make some sort of separation here the case is not such and they do not need to make a separation because because the well is placed in, no, in so to speak, no man's land it's in a path in between both Haserah the path does not belong to either haser and therefore it is as, not as though they're taking out from each other's haserot. It is as though they're taking out from a well to their house and from their house to the well, and therefore it is permitted. Halakha <laughs> kafdalet. Um, from this halakha until the end of the chapter, we will be dealing with the details of separations or passageways that were damaged on Shabbat itself. Hasel <laughs> ketana a small hasar that was connected due to breaking of um, a wall that was splitting. Um, so a small hasir that had a wall splitting between it and a big haser. There's a sort of separation between it and a big haser, And the separation was removed on Shabbat. And now the two hasar are connected. Sorry and the wall and the separation was removed before Shabbat, in this case, what do we do? Do they need to make an aruv for them, a joint aruv or not? So, The residents of the large hasel may do an aruv for themselves alone, because the break of the wall is, so to speak, for them, it's just a passageway outwards. However, the small haser for, for them, the break of the wall is not a small passageway; it's the, the whole wall almost. Um, and they, if they want to be able to carry from their their house to the haser, they must do a joint eruv with the larger haser. Now, there is a little bit what to be um, discussed in the Salah is not apparent, um, not so clear. Maybe if the smaller you you may think that maybe the smaller haser if also for it the break looks like some sort of passageway, like a door, then maybe they wouldn't need to do an a joint eru with the bigger haser. I'm living in Salih Ayun. I'm not sure. If anybody has an answer to give me, I would love to hear it. And the, rule, the reason the guiding rule for the Salah is because the, the, because the residents of the big haser are meaningful to the ones of the small haser, but not vice versa. Maybe this would answer my question, um, the question I just raised. Two haserot that made in Aruv on Shabbat, the joint Aruv, by virtue of some sort of opening in between them. We said the opening is what causes them to be allowed to make them, have an optional joint Aruv. And the opening was closed on Shabbat for whatever reason. Okay? The Aruv, the Aruvin, are still in place and they still may carry from their haserot to their houses, etc., even though the opening was, the the opening, their eruv was a joint eruv, even though the the opening, that would allow that to be a joint eruv, was shut, it still does not invalidate their eruv. Right. Because um, the rule is, once the eruv, once the um, carrying, once this Eruv was um, uh, in place for part of Shabbat, it is as though it was in place for the rest of the Shabbat, and we saw in the previous chapters that also, um, if the Eruv was in place for Ben Hashem if there was a moment in Ben Hashem in which the Eruv was kosher, so to speak, which was placed correctly, adequately, then it would um, hold the Eruv valid for the rest of the Shabbat, even if the Eruv came out of place. So I would say that also for this Salachah, um although haram bamir uses the term shabbat even though it's permitted on a bit of shabbat it would seem that also ben Hashem, short, falls under this category also two haserot that made a separate idu in other words they had an option They made a separate eruv because there was a separation in between them and the separation fell on Shabbat. They still may carry from their homes into their haserot as long as they go all the way to the border where the separation originally was. They may not pass that border. They have to act as though the separation was still in place because that is where they were permitted to carry nevertheless on Shabbat when their eruv was in place. In, in, um, in, a, in, in the adequate manner, however, the Remik said Shabbat and Terakula are not even to be classified as day Shabbat, in any even because, as we said, the rule is the guiding rule is here that because once the once the eruv was in place in an adequate manner for part of Shabbat, we consider it as always in place adequately for the rest of Shabbat. Vehin chet haaserot sheira bazul asma bazul asma vinafalkot shebnehem beShabbat. I read this. And even though the the resonance of this haser were supposedly added, it, it does not make a difference. Okay, Halon So we said in a case where an eruv was in place on Shabbat and it was in a joint eruv between two Hazat was in place on Shabbat by virtue of an opening between them. And the opening was closed on Shabbat. If the opening was opened, on, reopened on Shabbat for whatever reason, either um, not on, a Jew did it not on purpose, or Goim did it on purpose. Now, if a Jew did it on purpose, it would be it would still be invalid. But a Jew did it not on purpose. A Jew, going did it even on purpose, uh, not for the Jew, not for the purpose of the Jew, then the openings come back to allow the hasel to be carried in, um, and to allow it to carry from hasel to hasel also two ships that were tied one to another and thus allowing them to make an aruv, one between uh, between each other and the tie was cut on Shabbat they're not permitted to carry one from another however even if they even if a separation if there was a wall surrounding them from all sides however if they were somehow tied back on Shabbat, as long as it was Bishogeg and not on purpose, in this case, they may carry from ship to ship on Shabbat. We finished today's chapter Baruch Aulam Amen.